0: Hey, I'm Chuck. I'm a teacher with a new job this year, and also a new commute. And this is my drive time diary. Thanks for coming on the drive. Today's episode is going to be different than any of the others that you have listened to before. If you are a long-time listener, if you're a first-time listener, just know that this is the only one like this so far. I think we're on episode 22. So I was driving home yesterday, and popping around on radio stations... And, because it was like news time almost. And so I was trying to find places that weren't just doing the news or commercials. Because also, you know, radio stations uh, like to do that around the same time. Commercials, news, in a chunk. Anywho, so I was listening. I was moving around radio stations and one of my ones in the rotation uh, is the conservative radio station in town because I like talk radio. That's why it's on there. Sometimes I agree with them, sometimes I don't. Uh, and I heard that they were going to be talking about kids proficient in math, which immediately piqued my interest. And so I continued driving home because they never ended up doing it while I was in the car. And then later while I was hanging out at my kid's soccer practice, went ahead and listened to this part of the show uh, on their app, and this is the replay of the Mark Rudin show from yesterday afternoon, uh, which was Tuesday, um, September 26th, and my reaction to it, uh, and this is about Kids' math scores in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, if you are unaware, is kind of a sister city to St. Louis. We have a lot of similarities as far as demographics, um, problems as a post-industrial city. Um, You know, we both have a baseball team. The Baltimore Orioles were the St. Louis Browns at one point, so we're like, we are connected. Um, And so a lot of the problems happening in Baltimore with their educational system are actually very similar to the ones here. So this is super relevant to all you St. Louis drivers, which is most of my audience at this point. All right, so take a listen to the radio from yesterday and my reactions to there. We'll see you on the next drive. Thanks for listening today.
1: state math tests and the the report from Project Baltimore which is uh, associated with Fox 45 in Baltimore and Chris Papps is a reporter and he's with us this afternoon there's um, a report that they looked into that talked about the amount of students that tested proficient on state math tests and the the word is not very positive as you're going to find out here this afternoon Chris Papps, how are you? Yeah, Mark, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Project Baltimore, is that part of, um, is that like an investigative team that you have at the station or is that a separate
2: independent organization? Yeah, so Project Baltimore, we're a team of five investigators. So I'm the reporter. We have a couple photographers, editors, some producers, and we work for Fox 45, and we are an investigative unit. And our focus is public education. Anything associated with tax dollars that go to public education, that's what Project Baltimore reports on. Now, you guys
1: have – this is not something that is new for you to assess, right? You do this occasionally when it comes to these scores, and um, unfortunately, you've had numbers like this previously,
2: haven't you? Yeah, we have. So, we we do this every year as much as we can. Now, when the state puts out data, the state puts out heavily redacted data that is really difficult to do these types of stories on. So, what we do, and, and what you would have to do in St. Louis, is you would have to have somebody within the school system give you the raw, unredacted data, which is what happened here, and that's how we were able to report that there were 13 high schools in Baltimore City that had zero students proficient in math. That's how we were able to report that of the five best high schools in Baltimore City, 11% of the students were able to test proficient in math. And this is when the tests were given out in the spring of 2023, just a few months ago. But if we didn't have people in the school system willing to give us that data mark, we would never be able to report this because the school systems redact the data Mm. if the scores are too low.
0: It's embarrassing. So
1: how how are the scores determined? When, When we say not proficient, is there a way to sort of handicap that a little?
0: It's not scores that we want out there. It makes you feel bad, for sure. Cap that a little bit. Sure, so
2: when students take the test, in this instance, it was spring of 2023. Their scores put them into one of four categories. One and two are not proficient, three is proficient, four is is called uh, above proficiency. So one and two not proficient, three and four are proficient. So that's how they break it down. Every state does something very similar. Uh, this is part of the no child left behind concept where the, these tests have to be given. And the scores have to be made public. But, of course, there's the redaction issue that, that you have to get around. But your your
1: state would have these same scores. I'll ask a question here. You're a reporter, so I don't even know if you can answer it. But how the hell does that happen? Uh, because that it really yeah. that's a whole shocker, isn't it, Chris? I mean, not one student. A whole lot of reasons.
2: Well, it's one of those things where when we look at the data and, and we come up with, you know, nearly 2,000 kids in these 13 high schools took the test and none of them are proficient. And by the way, 75% of those kids in those 13 high schools scored a one, a one out of four that we just talked about, they the lowest proficiency level possible. It's hard. 75% of them. It's hard. And when we look at data like that as reporters, at first you're like, okay, that's. That, that can't be true. So you eat. double check, you triple check all of your data and then after three or four times checking it, you keep getting the same numbers. You're like, Wow, like how how does this really happen? And Baltimore City Schools gets one point seven billion dollars a year. It is usually fluctuates between three and five, the third and the fifth most funded large school systems in america and this is just the uh this is just where education is right now public education is right
1: now in the city of baltimore yeah let's go down those numbers again because you kind of walked me into the next point that i was going to make here baltimore city schools received 1.6 billion from the taxpayers that's the most ever as you said 799 million in covid relief funding from the feds and not one student at 13 high school scores proficient on the math test that i mean that's that's not ROI so what you have somebody called um I guess Jason Rodriguez who's
0: but but what else did we do with that money I mean it's important for sure to be proficient in math but there's a whole lot of other things that in this social contract that we have where everybody sends us their kids um there's a lot more of the things going on with these kids than just math proficiency. So uh, you got to see what else they're doing with that money. It's a whole lot of money for sure. And we need some ROI, but we don't know what else they're doing with that.
1: With a group called the uh, People Empowered by the Struggle, which is in Baltimore. And his quote is, is quite accurate, I think. He says, this is educational homicide. That's pretty... That's pretty brutal, but I don't know what else to
2: call it when you look at numbers like this. Yeah, they're a nonprofit, a pretty popular big nonprofit in Baltimore City, and yeah, that was that was the quote that he gave us when we met him one day. We, we went over the data with him and uh, told him in real time the first time he had heard it what the data was with these 13 schools and then the top five schools with 11 percent proficiency, and that was his statement. He's like, "This is educational homicide," and there have been calls in Baltimore City uh, for the the school system to resign, she makes nearly $500,000.
0: Another thing to think about is I know that charter schools are really big in Baltimore also, and there's been a lot of innovation there. So I'm wondering how, how they reflect also, like what those test scores look like. And I was also wondering what do the proficiency scores in the elementary schools look like? Because that's another thing that by the time we get to high school, it, it's not like we have 11 people or 11% being proficient in the good schools and 0% in the not good schools uh, when we get to high school. But in the elementary school and the middle schools, uh, we're, we're at you know, 60, 70, 80. It's not like there's a switch that turns on in ninth grade that we're just failing these kids. So it, it is system wide. Um, and if kids move around in that system, that also has an impact.
2: dollars a year in total compensation she's been there for seven years and these are the results after seven years a long time. it's interesting because okay, you, you're taking an interest somebody, in what's going somebody. on in Baltimore. The uh, this story has very much gone viral all around the country as it should because it's an alarming story yes but we can't get the mayor to talk about it we can't get city council to talk about it we can't get state lawmakers who represent Baltimore City to talk about it. Everybody outside of Baltimore here, City is seeing these I'll talk results. talk about it in St. Louis, saying, all day this too. is very troublesome and a crisis, even. But the people inside of Baltimore City won't even address
1: it. Well, unfortunately, I you know I think we can relate here in St. Louis when it comes to things like that and reactions like that because we've had a fair amount of issues in the city We, I don't know if you followed the uh, the drama of our circuit attorney here which did get some national attention but it was another one of those situations where really everybody knew what was going on and nobody wanted to talk about it in this particular case I think that people like me have an interest because we know that these numbers go well beyond Baltimore it's just a matter of
2: trying go. to figure it That's out right. and then
1: you scratch your head because you think you know and, and I talk about a lot of issues on, on the show you report about a lot of issues but let's face it these are not the issues because they're not sexy they get covered every single day on newspapers but or television possibly. or radio but these kids this is the future and That's they're right. falling behind they're already falling behind chris they're as you know then behind. COVID comes along they're falling behind more now they're falling behind more because you can't catch up it's a vicious cycle
2: it is now you mentioned that this is happening in other places and you're right
0: let me pause in there uh, i don't think it's right to use COVID as an excuse anymore i had a. Uh, a uh, student teacher in our math office a couple weeks ago that was tasked with asking that question, what we thought about kids catching up from COVID learning loss, and um, at least from my experience, that's not what we're dealing with. Um, that's that's kind of normalized at this point. It's at worst uh, the effect of a kid having a bad teacher, which happens. It happens, so... We always try to counteract, counteract that struggle as a kid, having a bad year, having a, um, a teacher that couldn't connect with them or whatever. In other places, and you're right, but in the beginning of this interview,
2: what did we talk about? The data is generally suppressed, it's generally redacted if the scores aren't good enough. We're only talking about this because a source within Baltimore City Public Schools got the raw data and gave it to me. If this were to happen around the entire country, if the data that is collected by the states was given to the public unredacted, I think that unfortunately you would see a lot more of this around the country. But the lawmakers and the the lawmakers and the politicians have decided to redact the data, but only mark only if the scores are too low. Generally if fewer than 5% of students are proficient in a school, they just asterisk it. And their argument is, well, you know it's lower than 5%. You know, why do we really have to tell you that it's 0%? But that's what they do. If it's under 5%, it's going to be asterisked. So you can't say if any school has 0% proficient, because it could be 0 to 5. So that, that's what we're dealing with here yeah, in the media. We deal with a lot of redactions here. from the government, from politicians. They, they don't want this data getting out because it creates very embarrassing headlines. Yeah, Chris Paps is with us from Fox
1: 45 in Baltimore. So you said, you know, and you mentioned the piece, you can't get the, uh, you know, the, the State Department of Education, the, the board, all these people can't respond. What about parents?
2: What are parents saying? Parents are saying the same thing. Parents want to know. When, you, when you're buying a house, when you're looking for a place that you're going to live and you're a parent, the very first thing you look at is the quality of the school. Then you look usually at crime and then you're gonna look at uh, taxes and usually they're all tied together.
0: That's right. And
2: if parents don't know what the schools, how the schools are performing, it makes it much more difficult to make decisions on, on where the best place is to put your child. And a lot of the parents that are in this area, they wanna know this data and they're going to our website, they're looking at the data because we posted it there because they wanna see how their kids are doing. And you can't see it the way that the, that the state reports it when they when they heavily redact it the way they do. One of the other things that plays into this
1: in urban areas is, you mentioned, look, Baltimore has one of the highest trinity rates in the country, right?
0: Yeah, it's around
2: 58% of the kids in the, in the entire school system are chronically absent. I think that's the number, 58%.
1: Wow. Well, thanks for reporting on this, and thank you for coming on here Can't and have you know giving my listeners here in St. Louis a little it's information there because I do it find much. it sadly interesting. Interesting, but it
0: doesn't matter if you have ten billion dollars, unless you're going to Uber a kid to school every day with it. If they're not there, then it doesn't matter how much money you're spending, it doesn't matter how good your instruction methods are, it doesn't matter. Uh, how well you collaborate, what your data-driven instructions are, kids got to be there. That's job number one for the system. Will the parents engage in the social construct? Is that a sign? That's like the theme, um, recently, last several episodes. Um, if parents aren't getting their kids there, uh, as the kids get older into high school, they get to engage in this social contract also, um... How much does that signify that the the contract isn't working for people? If kids are chronically absent.
1: Interesting. Interesting, but very, very sad, unfortunately. And you see kids falling through these cracks and I don't see yeah. a lot of optimism out there when so it comes sad. to turning some of this stuff around, unfortunately. But we will study we'll uh, kinda well end on do. a positive note. At least we will try here, Chris Paps, because we are um speaking here from a city in which we are devastated that our baseball team sucked ass this year and we're not used to that in St. Louis so we're not we love the Baltimore Orioles it's a great franchise
0: alright that's (laughs) unnecessary but uh it's it's incredibly sad it's incredibly important and uh as, as long and as as much as people can can get in and last without getting burnt out um if you're there Um, on a mission like I am if you are caring about it on six different levels then that's the only chance we got to move a needle Uh, it's got to be you got to look at it more than 360 720 24-7 because there's more than just a kid needs to be math proficient there's more than a kid needs to read Um, there's so many things going on with teenagers these days and on that social contract people expect us to do all of it Um, whether it's fair or not it's it's the contract right now maybe we gotta update those terms of service Uh, I know we're certainly updating the privacy policies but um, that's it for this podcast I'm Chuck. I'm an educator with a new job, and this is me at soccer practice today. Uh, Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next drive.